Hello, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom here with a special edition of This Week in Marvel. Uh, a couple months back, <coughs> Blake Garris and I got to travel to the set of Legion uh, to talk with the cast and creators of that show. And this is our first round of interviews. We've got interviews with Dan Stevens, with... Um, Richard Keller, uh, with Katie Esselton, with some of the behind-the-scenes folks. Stay tuned. Some great stuff. And, of course, Legion premieres on FX Wednesday, February 8th at 10 p.m. Tune in then, and, of course, Wednesdays after that. Uh, same time, same place. So sit down, buckle in, and away we go. Hey everybody, Blake with Marvel.com here, and we're with the man from Legion. Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Dan. So, so. Oh. I think we just. Broke I did that something. with my mind. Um, Dan Stevens. Yeah. Uh, so I gotta ask, like, is it broken? Did we just smash that? We're just breaking stuff on set. Yeah. Um, it happens. So, so what's the? Uh, you're, how how far along are you shooting wise right now? Where we're, we're talking? we are, in the middle of episode seven mm-hmm. of eight. So, yeah, we're a fair way in. Seven-eighths of the way in. I mean, you've been progressively just getting even, like, more famous, more famous. You're going to be big superstar with <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Congratulations Oh, I see. On that. I thought you meant as the episodes go on. I was like, <laughs> is that how it works? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a big year next year, for sure. Um, what's, what was the experience like when you first got the script, when you first heard about the role? It kind of came out of a, of a couple of conversations, really. One with Jeff Loeb at Marvel, and we'd been sort of chatting about a few ideas that were out there, and Jeff is full of them and uh and then i was put in touch with noah and we just went and had lunch i think and just had a you know a good old chat and i'd read at least one of his books at that point um conspiracy of tall men his first novel which if you haven't read it is crazy and great and uh he just seemed like a very interesting guy to meet and i don't think noah and legion were in the same sentence in my mind at that point like i don't i'm sure he was on board but i i hadn't been let in on that so it was just a sort of I don't know maybe he knew but uh, I was just sort of meeting him to talk about all sorts of things and uh, yeah fascinating man I loved Fargo I loved both seasons of Fargo and I think you know he's he's clearly a master storyteller um, both in, in novel form and in you know TV series form and, and you know he can handle that sort of long form narrative in a way that you know few people can um, with such playfulness and, and originality you know mm. so when he was put in the same sentence as Legion, I looked into the Legion story and thought, well, that's pretty insane as it is. But, you know, you add Noah's sensibility and it just yeah, it immediately becomes something that I definitely want to say yes to. And obviously, I mean, this, you're probably getting this question a hundred times, so I apologize. But like it's still it's in the Marvel world and it's still outside of the Marvel world. <laughs> yeah. Kind of talk a little on that. Yeah, that that seemed to be the, the sort of main drive of, of questioning at Comic-Con was mm-hmm. you know, how how far into the pre-existing universe as we know it, you know, or the Marvel verse as we know it, does this thing tread? Um, it's kind of difficult to answer because certainly in the beginning of our story, we're not quite sure what's real and what's not anyway. So there's, there's a little bit of that going on. Um, I would say there's some overlap. I, you know, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> there's definitely um, I, what I would call you know, almost Easter egg kind of rewards for people who know 
the Legion comics and who know the kind of X-Men universe very well, I think there's a, there's a lot of things to look out for that will give you a better clue, uh, give you a better answer that I'm giving you probably um, <laughs> as to how much you know overlap there is. Um, but it's a fun question to play with. Um, but yeah, a bit is, I guess, the short answer. And on that note, I mean, did you do? Did you read the comics at all previous? It's interesting. I, I funnily enough, I have a great friend who was a, a Legion obsessive in the nineties, oh, really? like Legion Quest, particularly. This is like big thing. So he was over the moon when when I got this. And so we sort of talked about, you know, I was aware of it. And then for the pilot, I deliberately didn't really read the stories. I, I had a look at a lot of the imagery, and actually, the artwork is incredibly informative. Anyway, just the sort of poses and expressions and the sort of the world that it's taking on um is immediately communicated just in some of the you know the covers Mm -hmm. um but in terms of the storylines we're not really adapting any particular story thread that you might have read directly um and i think especially for the pilot noah wanted me and i wanted me to be as confused as possible (laughs) you know to really not know what was what was going on you know david at this stage is not aware of legion or the x-men or anything like that you know so i sort of wanted to put myself in that place and, and try and remove all of that insofar as possible and just go along with the ride and you know david's life kind of is a bit like a ride and you know everything is real and not real to him and anything could be real and so you know he takes a lot of things on and uh i don't know but then late, later the the comics you know became more informative so once we were up and running once we got picked up i guess I was like, I'm going to really look at these things now. And uh, it's absolutely mad, like the, the various incarnations. And um, just the, I, it just got me so excited by the scope of, of where this could go and where this is already going. Mm-hmm. And the, the things that we borrow, you know, it's more like ideas that we borrow or the sort of framework, the particular story arc. So you won't necessarily see a particular character being held hostage inside David's psyche. Um, but something like that you know might take place and and um yeah that idea of his you know the battle for his consciousness really the battle for his mind um is i think you know prevalent and i've i've seen the pilot that's as far as i've gotten okay the cool thing about your character that i like is like i mean you're obviously extremely powerful but the conflict that you're dealing with the struggle that you have you're not like you know some other superhero that's just saving people's like you're really going through some some turmoil yeah, he's dealing with he's dealing with his own uh, thing. Mm-hmm. I think before he um, sets out to kind of deal with the rest of the world. I think that's that's always there's something I talked about with Noah. Really, that kind of surprising thing and the sort of almost the arrogance of superheroes. Sometimes it's like, oh, I have this power. I must now go and destroy <laughs> this entire country or something. It's like, wait a minute, should we just should we figure this? You know, exactly what you're going to do with this thing first. And uh, yeah, I think the sort of the internal and the external conflicts kind of play into each other in, in Legion very much. This idea of of difference and uh and how we deal with that you know um whether mutants or just dif- difference in general you know this idea that okay this person or these group of individuals are different to us therefore we must destroy them and obliterate them or we love them and embrace them and you know use their differences for our betterment perhaps and um yeah i mean that seems to be underpinning a lot of the x-men stories anyway that that idea um but yeah there's a lot of uh, the inner inner psyche going on as well you know which is uh, trippy i think and obviously like we mentioned before we're on set right now yeah it's got a distinct feel to it opposed to like any other show like when you're there with the, especially the haircuts the clothes the sets <laughs> like what, what's it like for you just walking into this 
into this world. This studio is amazing at the moment because it is. It's like a, it's it is like weird pockets of David's mind, <laughs> you know, sort of popped up in this old warehouse. And uh, but the sets are incredible. Michael Wiley, our production designer, has just had a blast with this. You know, in terms of conceptually, what gets echoed in different chambers and different realities, and and um, there's incredible sort of influences going on as well. So you know, you see. There's quite a strong Eastern influence, an influence from the East, shall we say. So, you know, there's, um, well, as you see in the pilot, there's a sort of Bollywood dance sequence. Oh, right, yeah. Um, you know, we're currently in this sort of bunkhouse room, which has a kind of Japanese-y sort of feel to it. There's, um, yeah, the, you know, in the costume design, Carol Case's costumes have kind of leaned, particularly with David, leaned a little um, towards that uh, that end of things. And, um, yeah, it's been inter- interesting just seeing... Um, Again, that sort of '60s right. thing, which so there's a bit of bit of Kubrick going on. There's a bit of that sort of '60s futurist nostalgia um, going on, and and but the, the '60s being a time of kind of Eastern influence on Western thought as well. Um, and you know, and Legion himself in some of the comics does you know he nips over to Tibet for a spell and takes on you know uh, various sort of Eastern philosophies, I guess, hangs out with a few monks and, um, you know, learns some things over there. So it's kind of nice to have that uh, bubbling away. What would you, like, could you compare any of your previous roles to anything similar to this? To Legion? No, yeah. not really. Um, I've never I've never come across anything quite like it. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> there's there's elements that I've, I've sort of borrowed, I guess. Um, but, you know, with, with David, it's sort of whoever's at the whoever's at the helm, whoever seems to have the sort of strongest influence on him in that moment um, has, you know, has the greatest influence really. Um, so it, it often becomes about who, you know, who the scenes are with, who the rest of the cast is. And, I'm, you know, I'm blessed with an amazing supporting cast and, um, you know, everybody just brings such such different energy, but um, all with a very kind of playful spirit, I think. Um, and that seems to be at the core of legion is this kind of playfulness um and i definitely got that from reading the comics this sort of the humor that comes out of them but also when you're sort of omega level like david you know um it's almost a game you know the whole thing and that's that's a sort of an awesome space to to inhabit that's awesome well dan thanks for taking the time no, really appreciate you. it um hey everybody blake with marvel.com here on the set of legion once again with a very special guest, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Rachel Keller. Uh, so I just said before we rolled, you you just wrapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time. I've seen the pilot. You and Dan have a very interesting relationship, especially in the first episode. I'm sure it continues on. Kind of explain that a little. Again. We do have a really interesting relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I love your accent. Well, thank you. Yeah. You lucked out with that. <clears throat> um, totally. We meet uh, in the uh, in the pilot in a mental hospital. And, you know, we sort of set the story up where you sort of think one thing's going to happen. And we go on a journey together uh, of self-exploration together as a couple. And sort of explore um, different ways about of connecting with someone. Um than we're kind of used to. Mm-hmm. And how did you, like did did you guys talk with Noah about it to kind of organically make this happen, or, or what was the approach? Um, you know, uh, yeah, 
we talked with Noah in insofar as like when he was available and <laughs> when that you know at, at a certain point you are sort of set out to like do it with your scene partners and there's a lot of trust I think that Noah has in us to like uh, build those relationships as we go um, so we were getting scripts kind of as we went um, yeah I think you know Dan and I would t- we were still were still in conversation about like how our how that relationship is evolving and changing and um, yeah and I, I think it's really cool and invest this of like Gene and some other people but like it's kind of like he's got this just kind of group that's just not really follows him around like you guys are you work with him twice what makes him such a great person to continue working with I think that we follow Dan around I was like yes we do sort of follow <laughs> Dan around I'm sort of saving him at any any turn um Noah is yes. what you, who you meant um yeah it's sort of a no-brainer he's got a really unique voice and I think being a novelist um, having the experience of Fargo, he is masterful at telling these long story forms with character-driven plots. Um, to take that in an X-Men world, like, sign me up. I'm there. It was, it sounded ambitious, it sounded creative, sounded, um, it's become quite whimsical and collaborative. Um, so... I will. I will always sign up for a Noah Hawley project. So speaking of the X Men aspect of it, was that what I mean? Obviously, you and Noah have worked together, like we just spoke about. But what made it cool to be a part of that X Men world? Well, I think for our piece, the X Men world is a lens at which we are looking at the story, mm-hmm. but not the driving force. So that was sort of a. Another really cool um, skew on it all, and and yet we were telling a story about people going through what they were going through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, so that was just a really great starting place. Um, starting and and then on on top of it with the X Men, a mutant story. You, you know, you're you're dealing with people who think they're a little different, a little off, um, not maybe not heard, maybe things about their past have been ignored or um, neglected. Um, so you have a lot, there's a lot of seeds there, uh, a lot of places for stories to go for an individual, as well as the universe that is so large, so fantastic. It just seemed like the perfect starting place. And a, a cool thing for us, because we've been on set for a couple of days, what struck me really well was how much the cast gets along and how it should have been this kind of so it's kind of a dramatic strange show but you guys just seem to be friends what's the secret um it's interesting to have visitors come in and give observations like that because we've all just been doing it every day <laughs> right so i don't know that i've even quite put a measure on like how i feel about everyone when you come to a project like this with these people you look around and everyone's giving everything they have. All of their brain power is going into whatever scene we're doing, whatever shot we're doing. A true collaboration in that sense. So uh, I think we've all risen each other up at different moments unconsciously. And that perhaps just kind of bonds people when you know that everyone, everyone wants it to be propelled forward and 
cared for in the same quality that Noah made Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone really, I feel like every day is like stepping up um, in, in every way that they can. And this question I've asked most of the people, but it hasn't really, they haven't really given a good answer. Let me give it a try. For the right reason, but... Set it can, up. Can you compare this show to anything that's ever existed previously? Ever? Ever. Uh, yeah, I think fans of X-Men, mm-hmm. fans of Kubrick's films, oh, okay. fans of Twin Peaks, fans of television... Um, smart people, um, you know, crazy people, um, people's parents, um, their pets. So turn, leave it on when you leave the dogs when you go to work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not easily comparable, mm. obviously, because we're just trying to do something different. There's so much content being created right now. Um, I remember Noah saying to me at a dinner at some point and said, you know, if you're going to do it at this point, you got to do it different and right. Um, that seems like what we're trying to do here. Just trying to do something different to speak to some of the same universal questions that we're all asking. Who am I? What am I capable of? What are my relationships capable of? What does it mean to have a relationship? What does it mean to question yourself? Um, and putting our own kind of spin on it. Um, it's going to look different than what people expect. I love that. I'm I'm always uh, intrigued when I read a synopsis of a piece that's coming out or something and I end up seeing it and it just is totally not what I was expecting and yet so elevated and engaging that just that seems like the work right now that is special and important so awesome rachel thanks for taking the time yeah. really appreciate it thanks welcome back again uh this of course is still marvel.com editor mark strom uh and we are still here on the set of legion for fx with the executive producer lauren schuler donner how are Hello. you doing today lauren good how about yourself uh, pretty good. Good. I mean, obviously, one thing I want to start off with is you've lived in the X-Men world for quite a while now. Uh, what is it, like 17 years since the first 17 one? 17 since the first one, yes. Yeah. And then a good, let's see, six years before that, trying to get it made. <laughs> so, so it's safe to say quite a while. A while. Uh, but this is our first TV show mm. in that world, or, or out of that world, yes. I should say, right. and all of those characters. And one of the things that intrigued me was uh, when I heard that we were doing Legion as one of these first shows. Mm. You know, I was familiar with uh, with the character and everything, and obviously with some of the recent work in X Men Legacy and Sice Spurrier series. So I instantly was like, "Oh, that's kind of a very interesting and bold decision," given like how interesting a character is but also how untapped a character he is yeah and how with the exception of like i say that uh recent x-men legacy series we haven't really delved much into it so i'm wondering was that one of the things that most intrigued you about using legion as your first tv show the fact that he's established but also in some ways untapped and gave you guys some way to really drive some new ground yes uh, yes um he um we obviously share this world this franchise and these characters with fox features right so um we have to be 
very careful not to cross over to the point where we're taking characters that we, on the feature side, are planning to use in the future. Right. So, um, actually, I approached uh, Noah with uh, a couple of ideas. One was Madrox, one, you know, these were different ideas. Mm-hmm. He said, can I take a character and, and um, create my own story? To which, of course, we said absolutely. And, and at his core, uh, when you really think about it, David Haller has always been, to me, one of, even though, like I said, we haven't met, seen much of him in the comics, he's still ultimately one of the more relatable mutants to absolutely. me. Because most other mutants that you have, they develop their powers, and then there's like, oh, cool, I have these powers, and then they like sort of all of a sudden master them. Whereas David is... Like, I imagine, like, if I became a telepath or if I became telekinetic, I would probably deal with it the same way David did, which is, you know, sort of questioning my reality, questioning my sanity. Uh, It's so much more human to me than than some of the the other X-Men stories. That's really... I'm glad you say that. I mean, that was... I mean, just that general philosophy of humanizing these mutants was... um, our mandate in making the X-Men movies, in trying to ground the characters, and trying to understand psychologically their complexities while believing that uh, they can change the weather or they can, you know, blast yeah. light. Um, so, yes, David is, is extremely uh, human in his, in his struggle to control himself. Yeah, and going back, like you say, you approached Noah, uh, who obviously, you know, he... Knocked out of the park with uh, Fargo. Wow. Um, what was it? What made you think to first? Because obviously, I watch Fargo and I don't instantly think like, <laughs> "Oh, that guy would be great to create an X Men TV series." But what was it that drew you to him and put him on your short list of people that are like, mm-hmm. "We got to talk to this guy about making an X Men." Who's actually number one? I put him number one on the list. I don't know. You know, it's just sort of an instinct. The same reason that I went to Brian Singer, who had only done uh, Usual Suspects right. and was filming at Pupil. Um, Brian is a little easier to see because he had a vis- vis- visual sense and style and he could handle multiple characters in action. Noah, the same thing. I mean, most of all, Noah's a really solid writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and can handle multiple characters. But moreover, he's a solid writer and I think and super smart. And that's what you need. And and if you have the interest then and the talent, then then to me it's very interesting if they come outside of the world rather than inside of the world. Mm -hmm. Because when you're coming outside of the world, you're going to give it a different spin. And I never take for granted, look, I, I, I mean, we couldn't exist without all the fans, but you can't take for granted that everybody's read and knows Legion. Right. So again, him coming from the outside helps our audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain you can't even take for granted that, you know, even your most hardcore X-Men fan has necessarily read and... Remembers. Remembers even if Legion. they have read, yeah, exactly. Uh, which to me... That's one of the great things is when you guys are creating this series, it provides you uh, sort of that blank canvas. And you guys have created this amazing visual aesthetic to the show and this amazing Mm. overall story. How much of that was there from the beginning? Like, was this, did Noah come in and pitch you guys and you were just like, 
yes, all right, that's it, that's perfect, it's all there, let's just shoot that. <laughs> or like, what, what was that initial collaboration between Noah and you and the rest of the executive producers like? Um, well, I think it was uh, the way any series is developed. I mean, he, he, he did come in with a whole vision mm-hmm. for a whole season. Um, and part of it includes a visual landscape. Um, uh, and it evolved after a while. And I believe that happens on all series. Yeah. Uh, he had an initial vision. It was, it was different. It was more grounded, more narrative, more linear than um, eventually we evolved to a much more um, impressionistic way of telling a story, much more, um, uh, at times you don't know whether you're in a memory, within a memory, or if you're in the present day, if you're in the past, mm-hmm. um, and that, that sort of reflects David's mind. He's a very unreliable narrator. Uh, and all this evolved as we were going along. Uh, uh, you know, he had an idea and then started to hone it. And for you, you mentioned, like, say, you've been working on the X-Men franchise for, you know, Ever. more than 20 years <laughs> now. Uh, what made it, you know, we announced that we were going to be doing these series, I feel like, about a year ago, about. So. Um, so what was it that, you know, once you'd reached the 20-year mark of working on this and you'd established the X-Men, obviously, as a very successful fr- film franchise, what made you decide to venture into the realm of TV? Well, part of it is like sort of every producer in Hollywood, we're, we see that the, some of the best content is on television. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that's, I wanna work with the best writers, the best directors. Um, and so I look to television, the movies are, you know, uh, I mean, we're fortunate, we're a franchise, we can continue to make these movies, but, you know, a lot of the talent has gone to television. So that was part of the reason. The other part of the reason was just sort of a personal one for me in that, yes, I have been involved in all these movies um, and had a hand in spinning off, uh, certainly a big hand in spinning off Deadpool, Mm -hmm. because that was me and Ryan and Paul and Rhett, Mm -hmm. um, and Gambit and, you know, and trying to take our world and, and open it up. And the next, to me, logical evolution was, Let's go to television. Let's see what story we can tell in that format without, um, you know, um, stepping on our world, but just mm-hmm. in essence opening it up and bringing more eyeballs to it. I, I'm, I'm sure some of the some of the differences between you know producing film and producing TV are very obvious. You know, you're shooting a 40-hour episode in eight days as opposed to a two-hour film in you know four or five eight months, months. <laughs> but Beyond those like obvious differences, uh-huh. what as you've been going through this process, what what are some of the differences that you didn't really realize would be there going in? Um, well, I mean the 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 other reason, by the way, that I want to do television is that it allows you to delve into character. That's what mm-hmm. makes television so great is that you, the audience, become. Um, intimate with that character on television you come back week after week to watch them mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, finding the many facets and being able to move a character forward for for us eight episodes for some other shows 22 you know or 13 mm-hmm. um, is 
is daunting. Yeah. Um, the physical part of it is astounding because basically you are prepping one show while you're starting to shoot another, while you're editing another, you know, and giving notes on that while reading, and poor Noah is writing, um, uh, a, f a future episode. So you have four balls in the air that you're juggling at all times and need to be present for each one of them. And so um, for someone like me who likes to multitask, it's a lot of fun, but it is daunting. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, uh, Joe and Anthony Rousseau, who direct, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier, Civil War, the upcoming Avengers, uh, Infinity War, and all that. Clevelanders. Yes. Yes, they are from Cleveland. Go Indians! Uh, <laughs> they, uh, I, I remember them being asked, like, how can you possibly, like, do all these movies and do this over and over? And they're like, are you kidding me? Like, we, we've been doing TV for the last 20 oh. years. This feels like a vacation. <laughs> After doing TV, because it's the exact experience yeah. you talked about, where you are in pre-production on one episode, while you're on production on another episode, right. while you're in post-production on another episode, and it's just sort and of... And working on the script in the next episode. E exactly. Like, right. it's it's just and so... And casting, and, you know, so it's your, yeah, it, it's it, just... It's just, it, everything happens simultaneously, whereas it's like, are you kidding? In film, we do pre-production, and then we take a little break. And then we go into production, and then we take a little break. And then we do post-production, mm -hmm. and then we release it, and then we go into pre-production on the next one. Yeah. It's, it's a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and for you, since this is so new to you and, and you know, you're going through this, what so far has been the most fulfilling part of this experience of delving into television? Um, I don't know. It's been fulfilling on many levels. You know, it, it's... Uh, it's fulfilling just learning how to do it, how to mm -hmm. do it all, and uh, and mostly it's it's about the storytelling. It's it's fulfilling to be able to take the time to tell the story. We're oh, particularly in this world of the X Men because you are always you have an obligation to include action and visual effects. Mm -hmm. In the movies, you have to top yourself each time. Um, and at the same time, and one of my mandates was always, it has, you have to emotionally, you need emotional stakes first and foremost. Mm -hmm. All the action in the world gets boring after a while if you're not, in, if you're not invested in those characters. So um, this allows, I think the most fulfilling is that it does allow that part of me that wants to invest in the characters and then you know, put them in any scenario. But mm -hmm. you get to watch a character evolve, and you get to you know fill out uh, their their colors in a sense because no character is all good or all bad, right? And so this this allows you to really take a look inside. Yeah, I mean, spending eight hours with characters as opposed to two hours with characters with yes, a very exactly. And I, and I feel like that's another thing too that TV allows is that you know. Film obviously has a, a there's a three act structure and you mm -hmm. sort of have to hit this beat by the first act this beat by second this beat by the third. Right. But with television, I don't know. You, you tell me. I guess is is it more is that sort of structure to a season much more fluid in your eyes yeah. than than it's more fluid. I mean, you still have a beginning and, right. and an arc to the end, but you have many acts in between. So yes, it's much more fluid. It's difficult. It's more difficult. It, just difficult in terms of sort of uh, maintaining the pacing? Or? Maintain the pacing and um, and keep an eye to where you're going eight hours later. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think it's really difficult. Yeah, because... And I, to do it so well. Because I suppose when you're working on... That's another 
big difference really is when you're working on a film script, you've got the script. You know everything that happens in it. When you start doing a TV show, you don't, unless you're Game of Thrones, yeah. have the entire season uh-uh. written out uh-uh. no. ahead of time. No, I don't think most shows do. No. No, no we certainly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I, I yeah. Uh, with the exception, I think, maybe of The Wire. I read the Bible of The Wire, and it was oh, interesting. incredible. And he pretty well knew the story he was going to tell. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, so for this show, it's it's much more you'd say just sort of organic in in terms of sort of mapping out the season, seeing it's, where things take you. Yes, I mean, no one knew, knew where it was going. Yes, we, you, we you all have the we end all point. had a, yeah, we all knew generally where we were going. But it's we whether or not you. It's how do we get there? Go to Vegas or Phoenix before hitting Los exactly. Angeles. And each one, it obviously is a different set of complications. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I guess really sort of to top things off obviously fans you know they've been seeing uh x-men in the x-men and x-men characters in the theaters now for like say 17 years what are what are you most excited for fans to see and and sort of experience when they see legion and really enter that world for the first time in long-form television you know i'm excited for them to um to uh (laughs) to watch this storytelling because it is very different. Um, one of the things about Legion is that you have to pay attention because you're never quite oh, yes. sure what's real. You really have to pay attention to figure it out. It's, it's very smart that way, and I like that. Um, and, um, you know, I, I love our cast. I think, it's, it's, uh, I think they're great. Uh, and I like the look of the show. I think we're very different, very style, very yes. um, uh, visually arresting in a ways that most television is not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. All Good. right. Thank, thank you. Thank oh, you so thanks. much for joining thanks us, Lauren. You bet. Uh, and everyone listening, stay tuned for more uh, from Legion on FX. Hey, everybody. Blake with Marvel.com here on the set of Legion once again with a very special guest. Introduce yourself. I am Katie Hazelton. Katie, I gotta say, um, it's having. Did you do that because you don't know how to say my last name? I know how to say. I've interviewed you like four times. Yeah, I'm curious. People sometimes leave it up to me. No, I I said somebody's name wrong years ago, and I've never said their name again. So I let people introduce themselves. Anyways, um, thank you for taking the time. I know, like you have just wrapped for the night, so it means a lot that you came to work some more. Tis my pleasure. (laughs) So uh, first off, um. The show is crazy. I've seen the first episode in a it, in a do good you feel way. Like it's crazy. In a, I feel like it's like pretty, pretty like, down the yeah. middle. It's kind of like Seinfeld or Friends. Yeah, or something. it's like a real light, uh, fluffy. No, it's freaking nuts. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. I mean, you have a great background in comedy. Does this help with the show? Or sure, I think everything helps. Like coming into this, it's such a weird thing to sort of pull on to to be given a script that where you're like it's not just genre it's not just like down the line like action superhero stuff but like it's a real human show Mm -hmm. and which is kind of funny because there's half mutants but it is like a the characters are incredibly human so there's really funny moments and to be allowed to be funny within that um is really fun and what drew you to wanting to be a part of it was it like 
FX, Marvel, Noah, a mixture well, of Well, I knew all the names of the FX ex- executives already. Oh, you'd already worked with them. Which was yeah. great, because I was like, oh, I'm not going to have to learn all those weird <laughs> names again. Who's that producer, and who's that executive? Whew. So, no. Um, I love FX. I love FX so much. I love everything that they do, um, from the league to... Uh, when they were doing damages to American Horror Story, like what they do on television is incredible. And what they did with Noah on Fargo, I thought really just broke all the molds. And I was a fan from the start of Fargo. And the second season I thought was even better than the first. And I, I can't wait for the third. And so then when his script was sent to me that had his name on it, I was like, uh-huh, yeah, what, what, who do I need to pay? What do I have to do? Um, yeah, like that teaming of FX and Noah, and then to have it be, you know, a Marvel thing was like, what? I am a mumblecore girl. Like, (laughs) I come from the smallest independent movies. I don't get offered Marvel stuff, like, ever, unless Noah Hawley's attached. And then it's like, then it's like very character-driven, introspective, like, smart action stuff and that combination was like I would have fought tooth and nail to be a part of this I mean kind of I mean, that kind of makes me wonder speaking of the league can you compare it at all to the league or just it's no. basically just both, they were both on FX you, they both no. are we're, are going to be on FX were and are going to be on FX <laughs> they kind of have the same letters um, <laughs> they have some of the same they letters. share some of the same <laughs> letters in the title um, but after that, there you couldn't get two more different shows. Like, really, you couldn't. They couldn't be more different. Which, as an actor, is like the coolest transition to go from. Like, literally, last year at this time, I was telling dick jokes about fantasy football, <laughs> <laughs> and here I am today. <laughs> um, I want to. I'm kind of curious too. I'm sure you probably haven't done this, but I know uh, Paul and Jason are huge comic book nerds. I know. I think they're super mad at me right now. Really? <laughs> That's so kind of, jealous. That was, <laughs> that was kind of my question. I hope like, you're listening, suckers. <laughs> Did they, I, you, I'm sure you didn't like go to them about any advice. Oh, I totally did. Oh, really? Well, yeah, well, because I see them a lot. Like, Paul and uh, Paul's kid and my kid go to preschool together. Right, right. And then Jason is, like, we're always seeing, and they were... Like, the second that they knew that this was on my radar, they were like, you have got, this is so exciting, you have to do this. And um, so, yeah, they were crazy supportive of me. Because I'm almost 90% sure Jason has read all the Legion comics. Yeah. I would assume. 100%. Bananas. And Paul might have read the comics. I'm sure they did. Yeah. This is their world. Very much as, like, fantasy football with Steve Rand is easy world, and I just waltz right into it <laughs> yeah. like a real jerk. You're living every, like, <laughs> mid-30s guy's dream, fantasy yeah. football and Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Someday I'll do a show about pretty hair. <laughs> when do I live my dream? Like, when, is that, when do I get to be in the Devil Wears Prada? <laughs> Um, so t- let's talk about kind of your relationship with, uh, with Dan's character a little bit. Okay. Wh- whatever you can say without getting in trouble. Um, well, I, you know, Amy is Dan, is David's older sister and she played a huge part in raising him. And, you know, David was a troubled boy. And I think, 
uh, what really drew me to the character of Amy was just like this role of being a caretaker of someone who has all of these problems and what that puts on someone. It's just, it's so much and you want really and truly what's best for them and you never really know what that is. And it's, it's going to be incredibly daunting when you know that there's something bigger going on when there, you know, that it's, there's an inkling that it's more than just mental illness, I think is got to be a terrifying place for a caretaker or a sister to be in. And is there something like, I guess, with uh, David's progression, with his powers, could we see something similar with your character? I don't know. Nice answer. I re- yeah, <laughs> you know the Marvel way. Um, speaking of the mental illness thing, though, like I think a couple people we interviewed kind of spoke about it too, where it's like it's way more than just a generic superhero thing. Like this is something that kind of means a lot from yeah. that aspect. Yeah, and it is like you know that awesome sort of question of examining our flaws and are they flaws or are they strengths? And I think that's sort of a cool like wormhole to fall into mm-hmm. and I think I, I want to mention too like you and Mark like you mentioned the Mumblecore thing you guys have done so much amazing in, independent stuff and it seems like this even though it's not quote unquote independent per se it still kind of has that feel to it very, so that it makes feels sense? that way very much so to me this feels because it's all story driven you know mm-hmm. and the stories are very real and while there is some fantastical things that are going on um i think noah has made it a very strong point to be like these are real characters like these are we're telling real a a real in quote story um but it's all based in a very um true reality Mm -hmm. well katie thanks so much for joining us like you've always been great i remember we interviewed you for the league and you're always so kind i'm glad you're a part of the family i'm a real jerk Uh, well (laughs) You put on a good front anyway. Thanks, really good <laughs> Thanks again, Katie. We appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Hey, everybody. Blake with Marvel.com here again. Still on the set of Legions. And with the DP of the series, introduce yourself, sir. I'm Dana Gonzalez. So my first big question is, I've seen the pilot and I've seen clips from other episodes. There's just a distinct feel to this as opposed to any other shows that I've seen. That's got to be a really cool thing for you to try to maintain and create. I'm kind of curious how you kind of go about that in the first place. Are you, are you talking about superhero shows or are I would say shows in general, to be honest. Well, especially superhero, but I mean, any pretty much show, any show that's out right now. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, Noah Hawley has has uh, brought so much to the table as far as kind of the, the style of what we were trying to make, and when um, we were prepping the pilot, which was about four months probably of prepping the pilot visually you know just tons of references and um, trying to kind of hone it in on on the kind of feeling we wanted for the show um, you know and then of course you know the kind of superhero genre is always there just how the res- to respect you know what X-Men does and, and other Daredevil and other shows like that and, and then trying to kind of find what's going to work for for Legion and, and the fact that it's not really a guy in a suit or um, a bunch of uh, affected mutants that are running around uh, uh, trying to kill people or not get killed. 
So it was, you know, finding that reality and that that other other side of reality. And, um, you know, the whole show takes place basically what's real and what's not real. And, you know, so finding that balance of that. And um, also, I, I think, yeah, definitely keeping the the X-Men genre a little alive there and the character. And, and I think what's happened for me, at least, is as the as we've been shooting the show and the story's been unfolding um i'm kind, i'm kind of like i feel like i'm a new viewer for x-men and and and, Le- and Le- the character legion and uh, like i'm i'm you know anticipating what I'm, what's going to happen next and um and it's kind of it kind of pushes me visually to go a certain place and as i learn the character you know i i feel like um it's it's pushing me into uh, like a, like right now when I feel like I'm in a darker place because this character's getting very dark in these episodes. So it started out as a lighter episode and maybe you know he, David's misunderstood and then now it's in this darker place. So basically, you're saying your cinematography is shifting organically with the character as it goes along. Absolutely, that's amazing. Yeah, and I, you know I didn't I didn't really know the whole arc of the um, eight episodes. To tell you the truth, um, I mean, I knew some things about it, but as the scripts come out and um, I see the, the the shift in in his character, even how the rest of the the characters relate to David Holler, yeah, it's it's completely shifted the way I go. I mean, it's shifting in me. I mean, like you know, making the right look for for where the character is. Right. So it doesn't. It's not like I'm like, oh my god, I have to make a correction. It's like no, now we're going down this darker path, you know. It, it's like a is it a horror movie now, you know? And um, you know, we're definitely it started out in a in a lighter place, just to kind of support where that character was and how everybody perceived that character. So you know, it's not like there's this one look for the entire uh, series, mm. nor you know the seasons. You know, I, I have no idea what season six will be. You know. And uh, kind of touching on that too, like, um, I mean, we mentioned we were talking earlier. Our wonderful pub- publicist Sonia is right standing right behind me. She mentioned that uh, that you congratulations on your Emmy, by the way, Thank for Fargo. I mean, you worked on Pretty Little Liars, which we were talking about before. <laughs> uh, I had to mention. I should have won an Emmy for that. Um, <laughs> agreed. Um, how do you kind of maintain? Like, there's a lot of cinematographers out there that you can kind of tell this is their. You can kind of almost tell this is them shooting it. How do you maintain differences in different shows throughout each? I mean, I, I take all my beats from the scripts mm-hmm. and the stories. I don't, I don't, I don't ever come into anything with this shtick. I don't like, a, I don't like, I don't have this thing that I do in every show. I, I just don't have it. And um, I literally take, take all my beats from the script. I feel like that's, that's the place to start. Uh, I, I mean, and I know that sounds kind of ridiculous because isn't that where you always start? Well, Yes and no. I think, you know, some people, and especially episodic television where you have multiple directors and every director kind of comes in with different strengths and, and the different ways they tell the story. And, and my job is even trickier because I'm kind of the constant, you know, and I need to kind of maintain the integrity of, of the show stylistically uh, in the sense of lighting and camera movement, you know, and, and even the way the scenes block out and, and you know, effectively where the, how the story is told. So, 
you know, the, working with Noah Hawley, who I work with on Fargo as well. I mean, the guy is an amazing writer, an amazing visual writer, and I think this particular show, he's even upped it, up the ante visually. Like, you know, I mean, Fargo is a, a very visual show, but this is like, this is like tenfold, you know, more visual, and and probably he really says it's a, it's really a, a it is a visual medium, and it's not an information delivery device. It's it's kind of a visual feast, and we're trying to tell the story in that way mm-hmm. instead of just lining people up in a room, uh, giving us exposition and, <laughs> and then moving on to the next thing. You know, that's not where the, we're the complete opposite. We want to have like this visual feast, of, you know, before your eyes and yeah, then, then people are telling us some information in it and then we're being transported into another place. So, um, it can only influence everything I'm doing and, and like a show like Pretty Little Liars is completely different and, I was just uh, telling you earlier, you know, my pitch for Pretty Little Liars was beautiful people in, in dark places. And I really truly believe that's what it was because there was a, a fashion element to it. There was these really pretty girls. Um, there was this mystery. And then like that to me, like that's the only way to do it. You can't just put them, you know, this fashion and, and beautiful girls into this really dark place and and kind of keep them dark. You You know, you really have to make them you know, I wanted to, I actually lit them more like models. You know, I, I lit them more like models in these dark places with this dark story. So Legion, you know, like I said, is, uh, is a journey. It's David Holler. It's, it's the journey of David Holler. And, and not only is the audience finding out about him, it's all his, all the other characters are finding out about him the same way I am in a way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and effectively the audience is, is, uh, you know, finding out the same way. Well, the thing for me that was most shocking, and my coworker Mark interviewed the set designer yesterday, I kind of, he was saying how now that you can make a set with 360 degrees where it's an actual room for you as the cinematographer, how does that help you out? How's it help me out? Yeah. Um, well, it can, it can, it can hurt me too. I mean, it's like, I mean, it, my, my style of lighting, and again, it is, it still comes from like the script and the story and. And also how I want to service the story that I tried to, I built, as we built the set with Michael Wiley, the designer, we kind of, you know, we built in lights and we made it so we could shoot 360 degrees. So if you had a 360 degree set, you know, it's only good if you could really shoot 360 degrees, oh, right. right? And um, so we basically built lights in so we could shoot 360 degrees, which is a, a cinematographer's nightmare in a way, because... <laughs> um, you know, it depends on how they light. The way I light, it doesn't matter because, I, you know, I, I try to light more naturalistic, um, you know, which even in a show like this, naturalistic, we're in a subterranean set at times. And it's like, so naturalistically, what is that? Well, mm-hmm. we, we've created what that naturalistic look is. Um, but I like the idea of being able to go in room to room or um, anything's possible. I really like that idea. Like, for, even for to tell a director like you know any, pretty much anything is possible um, to tell the story which which will make this show different than other shows just because of that easily and I mean aesthetically set wise to me this was the most interesting set I've ever seen and ever been on from your end 
Would that, does that help at all? Just because, I mean, you're always having a beautiful set in the background, even without lighting. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this this show has created a challenge because of what Michael Wiley's done. Uh, the scope of the sets, you know, from even before we even rolled one uh, foot of, of film, um, you know, because we, it, in the design, there's, there's, there's like lighting that's built into his design. And, you know, and there's multiples, like, you know, 160 singular lights that I need to be able to control. Well, finding the right lights for that is, is a tall order and it's a cost money and um, it's a process to make that happen. And so, you know, his, the challenge of, of the sets that Michael built is that they, they um, part of the look of them is how we, we do build in the lights so um we do that that's a kind of a global thing right and then now you're going to tell the story so you have to think about that some more in the back of your head that you know like okay now i have to tell story in this environment as well and make it work for the the production uh, needs um you know and then this show we have a lot of other kind of one-off sets that uh have nothing to do with maybe our our big big sets you know that but they, they're all in kind of the same world that Michael Wiley's created. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, another show that's like, a, like Pretty Little Liars, that's a, ha- a bunch of houses and schools and all that. You know, that's, that's less challenging in the production design because it's kind of like everybody knows what that is. This, this show, Legion, has, you know, a complete new beginning of what it, <laughs> what it is that's like, no one's ever seen it before. No one's ever seen this world before. We we go from we start the pilot in one world, and then uh, episode two starts in another world, and um, you know we're transported into a place that we've never seen. That's that is not real in in my in my world. I mean, it's like I've never seen it. It's not anything natural. So um, it's and and the balance is maybe finding the naturalistic look in that new world. And last question, I, I always say this, like, and I think for, for TV and film nerds, they know how important the cinematographer's role is to, from, to make a, a great show or film. A lot, I think a lot of people take it for granted still to this day, but for people who are big snobs, as a cinematographer, tease Legion for, for fans who want to check out the show. Um, tease Legion. Uh, so I think... Again, you know, the, the Noah Hawley's writing has ch- has pushed and challenged me to um, be bold, and um, so this this story is told in bold strokes. It's you know that's every day there's a bold move made visually, and that could be lighting and lighting only. It could be camera and lighting, um, and it can be even just just the way the camera's telling the story. I think you're going to see that the camera is always doing something that is moving the story forward, um, and part of the, you know, I don't part of you know part of helping the audience maybe understand what's real, what's real, and what's not real. Um, so it's just you know it's it's told in very like I said bold uh, bold moves and. Um, that's, that's a huge challenge, but I think the audience is, you know, it's a, it's a payoff. 
And I think there's, um, color-wise, I think there's a lot of really bold use of color. Um, and again, in these these uh, these beautiful, big, big sets. Um, so I think, you know, the Legion character in the X-Men universe in, in this world with these bold colors and bold camera moves, you know, it's going to be a visual feast for, for uh, any fan, for sure, for the fan. And I think for all the new fans, I think I'm a new fan, you know, and um, I consider myself probably a new fan of the X-Men genre, you know, and it's exciting for me, you know, and I found myself getting more excited about where David Holler's journey is going to go. That's awesome. And finally, you mentioned you were on Twitter. I'm on for, Twitter. Can, for, can fans reach you? They that? could reach me at Dana Gonzalez. Awesome. One word. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we will have some more interviews with some of the other cast from Legion that will be coming up in another special edition of This Week in Marvel in a few weeks. Until then, of course, tune in to the series premiere of Legion on FX Wednesday, February 8th at 10 p.m. And Wednesdays after that, same time, same place. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, and we will talk with you again soon.